Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. I want to do the other thing we typically do when we get started. It's been in the habit for about a year now of saying the Lord's Prayer together. We don't have the screen behind us, but hopefully some of that sunk in. If you know it, pray it with me. If you don't, then listen and let this prayer be a prayer you you just kind of join your heart to. Um, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Amen. Be seated. So um, I thought about singing that song, you know, taking my shoes off, putting another pair of shoes on. It just felt like it was too much. But I did want to sing the song and pray the prayer and ask you if you've ever thought about what they have in common. Anything? The prayer, the the cry of the heart, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then this heart to say, I want to be your neighbor. I want you to be my neighbor. I think they actually have a whole lot in common. And the story, the parable we're going to jump in today is going to, I think, make the same case. And so um, I am Keith Rogers, Pastor Rogers, not Mr. Rogers. Don't do that to me. But um, but I want to pray as we get going and invite the Lord to help us see clearly as we go uh, into our community today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. And we thank you for his life, but also his teachings or the words he spoke and what an encouragement they are to us, Lord, how they cut us to the heart um, and, and, and speak to our, our soul's deepest longings. Uh, Lord, we pray that your word this morning would, would quicken us again, to bring us to life in new ways so that we can be difference makers. Lord, we want to live life to the fullest. We pray you'd help us to do that as we hear your word today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, today is City Serve Sunday. Some of you were surprised. You showed up and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Like I, but you're here, you stuck around. We're glad you're here. If you're joining us from home, we're glad you're joining us. It, it's, it's a special day. We said uh, twice a year, instead of three or four services, we, we get all together for one and then we scatter all over our city to serve. So you're gonna hear more about opportunities to do that in just a second, but we don't wanna neglect the the. the primary call when we're together to actually just fix our eyes on Jesus. That's where it starts. We're not a uh, service organization. We're not a club. We're Jesus followers. And we truly believe he is the greatest servant and that he calls us to serve. And so when we fix our eyes on him, we believe he has a word for us this morning before we go and serve. So we're going to look to him together. So I want to encourage you to grab hold of Luke chapter 10 with me. If you're thinking, oh man, my Bible's in the car. Today, as you walked in, you uh, received some lyrics on the backside of that, this parable. So you can read along if you have that piece of paper. If not, you can just listen. I'll do my best to read it clearly for you. Luke chapter 10. So starting in verse 25, we get the context for this story and it's important. I want you to listen. Let's, let's, Let's hear what God has to say to our hearts this morning. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
what is written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan woman, as he, as, but a Samaritan, sorry, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to the inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Well, the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You know, this is a fascinating story. It might be one you heard before. I want to encourage you maybe to look on it with new eyes this morning. I know I've read this many times, and as I was preparing for this week, and even as we dialogued as a, as a staff about this passage, I was struck by all I hadn't seen before and some new things that the Lord was revealing to me. I want to share those things with you today. Um, and it starts by recognizing kind of what's going on here. The, the expert in the law is just that. He's an expert. Yet he's asking a question because he kind of wants to see what expertise Jesus has. So it's a test. Jesus, in Jesus' fashion, turns it right back around on him, right? And says, well, tell me what you think. The man answers well, and Jesus even gives him credit for that. He passes the test. He said, you, you've answered correctly. Now, go and do likewise. But, and this is the big turn in the story, but the man wanted to justify himself. He, he, wanted, he wanted to look impressive, I think, in front of his friends. He wanted to be sure that, you know, I've done it. I've arrived. Like, I'm the man. And so he asked the question, and who is my neighbor? And this opened the door for Jesus to really speak to the man's heart and to our hearts, I think. The context of this parable is really important, I think. If you'll notice, um, we give it the title, uh, maybe in your Bible, just like in mine, the subtitle that calls it uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. I don't think that's a bad title necessarily, but I think it's, it's incomplete in some ways. I think it, and it lacks the, the context for what's going on here. This is really a story about a pilgrimage. This is about people who are headed to Jerusalem for some reason. It could be a, one of the religious feasts. It could be just a worship, but they're going to Jerusalem and actually they've already been and they're coming back. So they've been to the mountaintop in Jerusalem and they're coming back. There was a this is a part of, of Jewish culture. There was an expectation you would make your way to Jerusalem at least once a year to celebrate what God had done for the people of Israel. And so they're on their way. They celebrate. They're on their way back. And, and on their way, on the journey, they would always grab hold of these psalms. Um, Psalm 120 through 134, songs we call the songs of ascent. You should look at them later. They're fascinating. They're, these, they're like road tunes. I don't know what... Your family was like, as you grew up, if y'all all got in the car and closed the doors and on you went, you started singing together on the way. The Rogers did. 
just so you know what kind of freaks we were. That's kind of the way we, we rolled. Or we'd turn on, you know, it's funny, we had worship music, and then we also had the, the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Those were the two things that got the most play. And I mean, we would just sing our hearts out. I had no idea what I was singing as an eight-year-old. We were just singing, just having a great time. Maybe you're like that on the way, you're just singing something. But the, the words of the songs of Ascent speak to the journey and the nature of a life that is a pilgrimage where we're on our way, but we're not there yet. And it's crying out to God. More than half the songs of Ascent are crying out for protection and for peace. So it's not surprising in this story that on the way back from Jerusalem, they come across a man who, who's wounded, who's fallen into the hands of robbers, who's been attacked and left for dead. This was common in Jesus' day. The question wasn't whether this kind of thing happened or not, because bad things like this happened in the world. It's what then? And the, the characters that are introduced in the story aren't introduced by accident. Jesus first introduces us to a priest, a holy man, like Pastor Pete, right? Who's coming by. But surprisingly, he passes by on the other side. He doesn't stop to lend a hand. And then a Levite. So this is uh, from among the, the tribes of Israel. This is the, the priestly tribe. So this is somebody who, who would, you would think, have a heart to help and serve others. But instead, he also passes by on the other side. Who stops? Surprisingly, the Samaritan. If you don't know much about Samaritans and Jews, there's no love lost. There's um, a, a lot. Uh, the, the Samaritans were um, people who intermarried with other cultures. And then down the line, they were always considered as kind of outcasts by those who were purely Jewish and who, who worshiped the Lord in Jerusalem, while Samaritans worshiped somewhere else and didn't respect Jerusalem as the place. And so there was a, there was a lot of reasons they didn't like each other. Uh, but Jews, you could, you could say, it wouldn't be too harsh to say they despised Samaritans. Yet as Jesus is telling the story to an expert in the law, who's the hero? The outcast who stops to help. The question is important at the end, but so is another little detail that jumped out at me for the first time. What condition was the man in on the road? He was half dead. Half dead. And you might've wondered, which man am I talking about? Because I think... Jesus is making a statement about all the men involved in the story. What was the answer to the question, how do you get to e eternal life? It was, it was two things, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, right? That, so, that, so could you say for the, the priest and the Levite who'd gone to Jerusalem, who'd worshiped at the temple, that that's something that's not a part of life for them? That's that check, right? I'm loving the Lord. I'm, I'm worshiping him. But what was the second half? Love your neighbor as yourself. And the way the priest and the Levite travel the road they're on, can you say they, they're living the second part of the commandment? Love your neighbor? No, they, they're living a half-life. While the man who fell into the hands of robbers is lying there half-dead, they're walking the road half-dead. They're walking the road half-dead. Notice the question the man asked the expert in the law is, how do I inherit eternal life? And when Jesus puts it back to him, he says, if you do this, you will live presently, now. As if there's not a checklist for us to fulfill. I'll do all these good things and then we'll have eternal life. Jesus, Jesus twists it, turns it around and gives it back to him as a commission. Look, look, you can really live now. 
And this is living, not just love for me, not just religious experiences, not just the mountaintop, not just Sunday morning at 10 o'clock or 8.45 or 11.30. Instead, there's a call to more, so much more. Brothers and sisters, it's possible to attend church every Sunday and still live half dead. It's possible to live a life of great religious uh, exercise. I'm worshiping here, I'm doing this, to, have, to collect mountaintop experiences, but then be of no good in the valley where we live, where we pass along those who are wounded and who are hurting. Uh, I think the expert in the law really wanted to be holy. He really wanted to be good. But because he was living with only half of the definition in view, he was falling short of the, the call to love his neighbor, to bless his neighbor. And this is why Jesus spoke the parable to him. He wanted to justify himself. The good news in Jesus, Paul spells out for us in his letter to the Romans. Romans chapter three, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What's next? They've been justified freely by his grace. If you believe Jesus is the Christ, you don't have work left to do to justify yourself. That's done. I'm gonna say that again because that should have us clapping and celebrating. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, you don't have to justify yourself. You're justified freely by his grace. All of the religious exercise, the being here on Sunday morning, the participating in this or that, none of that is about you being justified. It's about growing stronger. It's about becoming of greater value to the world around us. And that's why we do City Serve Sunday. We need to remember it's not all worship services. It's a life of loving others. Mercy. I'll say it again and and hope that it really rings true with your heart and, and sinks in. Loving God, loving your neighbor, this is living. Mountaintop experience at the temple, that's a half-life. That's not all there is to life. There's more. My heart is to see you live life fully alive. St. Irenaeus said something wise long ago. It stuck with me for years. He said, the glory of God is man fully alive, not half alive. And I want to challenge you with this. I think all of us uh, in terms of putting feet to our faith, we, we're, we're inclined to live just one half of life. All the religious experience, all the good times with Jesus, all of the, the worship, and, the, and that's the life we focus on to the neglect of the other half of life that can make us fully alive. Or, hey, I'll be honest, this is the side that I tend to live on. It's like, let's do everything we can. Let's do this, let's do that, let's do this. And maybe we shortchange ourselves the opportunity to just be in the presence of God and, and appreciate what he's done for us. Parable of the Good Samaritan screams this truth. The man lying on the road wasn't the only one half dead. See people day in, day out, week in, week out that are walking around living life half dead. But there's a, there's a call to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Here's the exciting part. You think about what the man did. The man wounded and half dead needed rescue. So the Samaritan saw him, took pity on him, went to him, bandaged his wounds, delivered him to the inn, paid for his healing and promised to return. You ever thought about what Jesus has done for us? What Jesus did for the man 
the expert in the law was standing. He saw him. He took pity on him. He went to him. He bandaged his wounds. He delivered him. He paid for his healing and he promised to return. That's our God. That's his heart for us. He doesn't want any of us living the half-life. He calls us to more. So who's your neighbor? You notice the parable suggests in the kingdom of God, we don't define neighbor by location. Oh, they live next to me or they live two doors down from me. That's not how you define neighbor in the kingdom of God. Neighbor is defined by whom you show mercy to. Here's the good news. You get to decide who is your neighbor, who you love, who you care for, who you take care of. And let me ask this. Don't you want people in your life who who enrich it, who make it full? I do. There's a lot of loneliness in our world. And I think sometimes that's because we're more concerned with who's near us and not with who needs us. And maybe the call on our lives, on all of our lives, is to quit living the half-life and let's make it full. Live life to the full. You got an invitation to do that today. So what I want you to do is I want you to pray with me and think as we sing this response song about what it would look like to stand up, put feet to your faith, and live a life of mercy, generous mercy, so that you've got neighbors in abundance and a full life.